SecondCityHockey.com Jonathan Taves. Commit to us. Commit to the jersey. Commit to our people here. Monday morning deep dish. My name is Shepard Price, and with me as always today is Chanel. Hi, everybody. And LBR. Hi. Today we'll be, we'll be talking about underrated players and overrated players, both in the NHL and on the Blackhawks roster. Um, so with that said, Chanel, take it away. Great. Uh, I'm really excited about conversation today. I think we have a, a lot of good things to talk about. So I'm just going to get right into it. Um, and uh, I'm going to ask first about the Hawks and uh, who you think the underrated players are um, for the Hawks right now. I want to see who. Yeah, oh, okay. I was okay, going to say, I, I want to see what, who LBR I can totally for. go first, but it's <laughs> my, my answer is going to be Kurashev. And this is going to be an interesting one just because uh, we at Second City love him a lot. And so we hype him a little bit. So. But outside of Second City Hockey, I don't think he actually gets that much love. So Kurashev is the type of player that uh, his sample size is too small, really. Um, his usage is too low in the lineup to really tell what he's going to be. But in small bursts, we have seen him be very good. He's one of the better puck retrieval board battlers. He's shown great in, to be good in transition, even though he's not tasked with that, the same way Kubelik isn't. Um, and I think he's underrated because he's underused yeah i i think he's definitely somebody who could benefit by playing with a better line or, or more at least a more consistent line jeremy Collison is somebody who like likes to go to the line blender a lot um and i i just i want to see kurashev with like taves and kubalik yeah i want to see him at least with consistent line mates i don't think he it has to be top top six necessarily but my ideal line to start next season if they're all here would be Kubelik, Taze, Hagel um just because Hagel and and Kubelik are really good together but I also wouldn't mind Kurashev in that same spot because again Kurashev and Kubelik are also great together that's that's the problem I have with the misuse of Kurashev is um when he is with top six players, when he was with Kane and Dabrinka, he was very good. When he was with Kubelik, he was good. What do you mean specifically by good? Like, could you be a little more? Like he drove, he helped drive possession and plays. He kept up with them, which is not something that a lot of players can. And we, he had really good pass connection with Kubelik. For example, there was, there was a time when um, Kubelik, and 
wasn't scoring a whole lot, but he was connecting with passing. We were sitting there going, oh, wow, look at his passing. And he was mostly connecting with Kershev during that time period. And Kershev was not shooting as much as he should have. He, he was not like he started shooting a lot more later in the season. Um, and I think that line with Kubelik, Strom and Kershev would have stuck together if any of them were scoring at the time. Like for some reason, Kubelik wasn't scoring, Kershev wasn't shooting and Strom wasn't, never shoots. Um, but that line drove a lot of play. And a lot of it is because Kershev was actually being tasked with pushing through the neutral zone and every other line after that, he wasn't because he was with better uh, transition drivers. So he complimented, you know, the top six players very well. He just hasn't gotten to play with them as consistently as I would like to see. And that's the reason I think he's a little underrated on the team. Yeah. Like that, that line you mentioned is one of the best expected goal drivers on like throughout the history of the season for the Blackhawks. Um, and like it got really got broken up when Strom got hurt that first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I think Khrushchev is not talked about like on like the same platform as like other rookies in the NHL this season, even though he's sort of there. And he's again, that, that speed that he has um, throughout all the years, the other areas of the ice, including the defensive zone is like crucial. Yeah. I rarely see uh, Hawks, players being on these uh, major NHL underrated lists, to be honest. So I'm kind of surprised yeah. sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Nice we saw uh, a little more mention of, of our team. <laughs> um, so what about in the NHL in totality? Uh, what oops, do you think? Uh, I was going to go. Yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. My guy's also a, a rookie. Uh, Pia Suter has been excellent for the Blackhawks this season. Um, he's been playing also with top six talent throughout the, his time. Um, and he's somebody who can play at wing or center. I'd rather see him at center going forward. Uh, LVR, I know you're somebody who wants to see him at wing. Yep. Um, I think he's, I think he'd be an ideal three C behind doc and, and Taves next year. Um, he's somebody who also drives play a lot better than the team does. He's somebody who 21 of his points are primary, which is what you want to see out of a player. Um, he's drives expected goals. He's really good on the puck. He has 23 takeaways, 14 giveaways this season. And, and he's been an active participant on all the lines he's played on this season. Uh, yeah, I agree. Suter is underrated. Um, at the beginning of the season, there was some talk about like, you know, Oh, could he be in the Calder race? Um, and I just never thought that was going to happen because the couple of rookies that are, doing very well that are actual forwards are just blowing up points wise. And Suter was being tasked with something that a lot of rookies under Jeremy Carlton do not do, which is he put him immediately in the top six and didn't really take him out of there. Um, so Suter was shoved into a role that was really high end and he got top quality of competition because he was with Kane and Debrinket. And he did very well. He had one period where he kind of disappeared. And I think he'd have more points if Kane and Dabrinkit weren't so monogamous with each other. Um, but when he when he is factoring into a goal, um, it's a major part of that goal. So, yeah, if my only problem with him playing 3C is that I think he's he doesn't have he might not have the defensiveness. Uh, quality of it or the elite playmaking that might need to be if he was an offensive one but I won't know until he's in that role and also who are going to be his wingers will be a big deal um 
I'd like to see it though. I think, yeah. I think it's a good place for him to start and then he can easily be moved to wing if he needs to. Yeah. And besides Pia Suter, uh, two other white under underrated players that are worth a mention, but just have a limited sample size are Wyatt Kalanuck and Danae Hannes-Rosa. Yep. And why do you think that they're uh, underrated? I think again, it's the, it's the sample size though. Uh, has been really good with the sample size he's had with the Blackhawks this season. And I don't think there's anybody driving play as well as Vinny Hinostroza is so far mm. this season with the Blackhawks. Um, but yeah, it's just their names, uh, Wyatt Kalanick's in and out of the lineup. And then Vinny Hinostroza's on the big here, but then in Chicago, nine games. So I think that's a little bit of why they're underrated. Got it. Um, sorry for cutting you off there earlier, <laughs> Shepard. No, no problem. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, what do you think about the NHL as a whole? Uh, do you have some underrated players you want to mention? I can start. Um, <clears throat> so one of my one of the things that I always think about when I'm looking at underrated players are really the defensive guys that don't really get enough credit for being good defensively while also driving play. And for me, that's has been Devin Taves for the last couple of years. And he's starting to get acknowledgement now that he's on a good team with Colorado but he was good when he was with the Islanders and with Colorado he is buried a little bit behind bigger names that have been there for a while or or like they're you know the babies that they they drafted and have um uh built up like McCart but he's actually their top TOI um player on for their defense and he's top three and sometimes top one in a lot of the qualities that you want in a defenseman either getting the puck out of the defensive zone or protecting the offensive zone at the blue line puck recovery he's better at puck recovery than the other two uh he's slightly down to them and by other two I mean the car and Gerard um he's slightly like lower in getting into the zone like carry in percentages but he's also not the one being tasked with that usually on his um line but he's better at fetching the puck uh, he's better at some shot suppression and stuff like that. So I think he's underrated. He's been underrated for a few years and it was a steal when the abs got him and he might be a little underrated simply because of where he is. He might be like the Jalmerson to a Keith and Seabrook where he's one of the best at what he does, but he's behind two, like iconic players or in the case of the abs, just two really good young players that are coming into their own. So he's not getting quite as much attention. Yeah. And Colorado's going to be stuck in the expansion draft between the four, the really good young defensemen they have with Ryan Graves being the fourth out of those, th- mm-hmm. with those three. Um, but yeah, Devin Tazes was a steal and like Sam Gerard's name is getting tossed around. I think a lot for the Norris, especially like as like the top, Colorado defense, but I think Taves is right there with them this season in terms of like quality. And yeah, it's Colorado's set up well for the future on their, especially on their blue line. Great. Um, so here's my favorite question and we're going to make a lot of friends after you answer this question. Who are your overrated players with the Hawks? <laughs> okay. I'll start this because I rambled about it before. <laughs> um, I, Personally, I'm not sure there are any overrated players on the Blackhawks simply because nobody rates them well. (laughs) The only player that gets national attention is Patrick Kane for his offense. Um, And I know other fan bases find him overrated. Um, 
he's not as well-rounded a player as some others, but I mean, for what he does, he's elite. You know, what you want from Patrick Kane, he's elite. And then you have Duncan Keith, who Shepard's going to talk about a little bit more. Um, who Are you sure? <laughs> is just, I, I think some of it's misuse. Again, um, he's 38 now or about to be 38. Like he's older, he's declining. He's still good. He's just not, he's not 2015 Duncan Keith anymore. And I don't think it benefits him that he's playing as many minutes as he is when, especially when we're playing like 7D some games, there's just no excuse for that. And he gets worse the more minutes he plays this season. That's not true in the past, but this season and a little bit last year. Yeah, I mean, but I, I don't, it's unfair, I think, a little bit to call him overrated when, again, nobody's rating him very well. Even in the fandom, people are starting to come down from their like nostalgic view of him. Hmm. Yeah. LVR sort of talked about the points I was going to make with Keith, but he's playing probably six more minutes a night than he should. Um, so I'm going to go back to the underrated question. Sam Reinhardt of Buffalo is really, is really good this season, especially on as poor a team as he's on with the best poor of coaching as he's received. And um, without Jack Eichel too. Uh, Sam Reinhardt's really improving himself as like a capable forward who's like worth a lot on a team that's not worth anything. Um, 11.8 expected goals for replacement and 5.1 real. Like, again, those numbers are going to dive in terms of real just because of the team and coaching team he's under. But like anywhere else, he's a valued contributor. Um, in Chicago, the overrated question. Yeah, Duncan Keith is not a number one beef defenseman anymore because he's it's because of the age he is. He can't, he should not be playing the Ironman minutes he's playing. It's the same thing that happened to Brent Seabrook. And even though Keith's been healthier throughout the vast majority of his career than Seabrook was, and Keith just, there's not tread on the tires anymore. And whether that's because we've talked about it here, uh, second city hockey a little bit, is the lack of, it seems like there's, he gives off a little bit of the lack of caring attitude. And whether that's because he doesn't respect the coach or the coaching scheme and, or because he's just tired and like, doesn't realize he's not contending with the Blackhawks anytime soon. And he might be better on a different team, especially a a different team that like plays him the minutes he should be playing. And, and the Blackhawks have given him a good partner throughout most of the last two seasons in Murphy. And, it's Why just, do you yeah, think it's, that uh, he's overrated? I mean, is this just kind of like a legacy thing? Or, yeah, it's his, or... it's his legacy. It's the fact that he's a, probably a first ballot Hall of Famer with two Norrises. And mm-hmm. it's the fact that like he still has the reputation of being the guy he was in, in the 2015 Cup run and like right. the 2013 Cup run. And I, arguably the most important Blackhawk uh, over the course of the three Cup runs. Mm. And I'll on the note of Keith being on another team, I mentioned this before in the past, but one player that extended his life, like his life as a hockey player at a level that was maybe higher than he should have been was Chara. But that was because McAvoy came in and was so good so quickly and they just clicked. Keith has been played with a good partner like Murphy, but they just haven't clicked the way that Keith did with Seabrook for so many years. And then Johnson later, um, for some reason, even though it looks like it should work on paper, it just, doesn't really um, work the same way. And it also might be because they're t- when they were together, they were tasked with doing everything. Um, 
the rest of the pairings don't didn't do as much um until like Mata and um started do yeah <laughs> KK started uh like solidifying a little bit towards the end of last season but for most of last season and even the season before that there wasn't a lot of depth to help out that top pairing so they were tasked with doing everything and Keith is not as young so he wasn't handling it quite as well as I think Murphy did and it I just don't think that he works Keith works with people like Boquist or Mitchell the way that he would with somebody who's a little bit more archetype like a Seabrook. Now, I don't know if they have that in the Blackhawks pipeline exactly, um, or if they'll be here by the time Keith, before Keith, you know, eventually retires at some point. But yeah, it's all, it's definitely a nostalgic thing when we're talking about this. Cause again, I don't really know if he's overrated because I don't think that many people really rate him that highly. Um, I think most people know they will get defensive about him because everybody loves him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's such a, it's such a, it's such a hard question to answer. Cause again, no Blackhawk is rated very well by anybody outside of the fandom. And even in the fandom, there's a lot of like vitriol <laughs> at certain <laughs> players. Um, so when it's not, it's not Seabrook level obviously of hate but people do talk negatively about Keith for I think for the first time in his career Mm. um and I I think he's earned that a little bit too uh yeah I'm not saying he hasn't (laughs) yeah he's one he's one of the worst players in terms of expected goals above replacement this season with negative 8.2 like yeah Yeah, that's bad he's one of he's got like a really bad guard too like it's like his expected guard I think is like second worst in in the league which is hard to do um but I also think Keith is one of those players that eye test and stats will not line up completely um, in terms of like what people are seeing on the ice. And I don't think that's not necessarily correct because the whole like he doesn't care just in the last game, he was like diving to save pucks from crossing the line and doing all this stuff. And you're like, he does care. But I don't know if his body, even though we know he's a freak of nature, I don't know if his body is really there his mind is but he may not be physically capable of doing yeah i totally agree with that with the eye test yeah. Sure. yeah 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 and like i don't think i don't think 25 playing 25 minutes a night helps him right now yeah either, with his body yeah um, i feel like a lot of his mistakes come towards the end of games <laughs> like yeah. it gets too he's too loose at the end and it has might have to do with uh minute man minute, minute management let me get my words out mm-hmm. yeah. and this this might be a more mismanagement question versus overrated but yeah uh, another player worth mentioned is david comp is totally mismanaged in this lineup he is yeah. not anything above a 4c uh and he's been played as a 2c and a 3c this season like it's that's bad he should not be getting more minutes than even like ryan carpenter probably yeah there were it was funny because like last year i was i harped on this a lot and there were people who were like well you just don't like camp and i was like no i love players like camp kruger was one of my favorite players um, on the Blackhawks because of how good he was at his job. His job was to get the puck out of the defensive zone, make sure that it was deep into the offensive zone so that Kane could get on the line and do Kane things. The most common transition from 2013 to 2015 was Kruger to Kane on the ice for a reason. Um, 
you need players like that that can do that kind of thing while also suppressing other top lines. And uh, Kruger did that very well. Camp has all the makings of that. And sometimes he does it. But then he's played with players like Kubalik yeah. and stuff. And you're like, not only is he not doing what he could be doing very well, like an elite checking center, um, a defensive checking center, not like a two-way def- you know, checking center, not like Boland, but he's also dragging down Kubalik. So you're like, it's a bad look for the player because he's not helping the way that he should be. And it's a bad look for the coach because he's not using him correctly. And I know that there was center depth issues this season, but come on. Yeah. And you, you can't play a player with one goal and half of his points being secondary assists uh, more than Philip Kirsch out of this season. It's, it's bad. I know Kampf is good on the puck. He has 23 takeaways, seven giveaways, but he is, it's 12 minutes at most. Yeah, I wouldn't like there was a Kruger in like um, 2015, his fourth line played like around 12 ish minutes. Um, and that's a good like if you're rolling lines and your fourth line is getting 12 minutes and you're rolling your lines very well and they could sit there and do exactly what they're supposed to do. Take all the defensive draws as much against top lines as you can um, and then flip the ice. That's what you need out of them. And for some reason, camp isn't being used that way when he should be. Yeah. So, like, the reason he's overrated is that the the coaching staff overrates him. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) The coaching staff overrates him. Okay. Yeah, you had a lot to say about that, considering that you don't think anyone's overrated. (laughs) Well, we – I'm not – I don't think I he's think, overrated. Yeah. The coaches no. think he is. The coaches think yes. they're overrated. I, yeah. I think on like the <laughs> national press level, nobody on the Blackhawks is overrated. On like a, either the Blackhawks fan level or on the coaching level, like yeah, there's yeah. some overrated players. I don't yeah, even probably. think most people know who Camp is outside of Chicago. Mm. Like, yeah, come on, who knows the fourth line of the Boston Bruins? You know, right. like who knows like the if fourth? I, if <laughs> yeah. I, if I as, as a Vegas Golden Knights, if I'm Vegas Golden Knights writer, if I mention the name Thomas Nozick outside of Vegas, how many people are going to know who that is? Yeah. All right. Even though, <laughs> even though no, even though Nozick is definitively better than Conf. <laughs> um, shall we move on to the NHL as a whole then? Sure. Or yes. Overrated players before we dig too deep of a hole. <laughs> overrated classic example that has come around again, Drew Doughty. Okay. So for some reason, this season, people think it's 2012 again and um, are like, oh, yeah, Drew Doughty could be up for the Norris. And you're like, houseway you know like why would you think that and it's all because of points and because the kings at the start of the season were doing well but it had nothing to do with dowdy really it had to do with kopitar and um it's like this like uh legacy kind of thing that was built in with keith a little bit there's some nostalgia there the big name factor the canadian factor um he's getting attention that some players like maybe an Adam Fox or a Charlie McAvoy should be getting um, as no, like a Norris, like attention. I don't know if he's, if Dowdy's actually going to be up for the Norris, it will be crazy if he is, because he shouldn't have won the one that he did. Um, but the, just the attention that he's been getting this season as if he had some resurgence 
is crazy to me and continues to bring him back around to the overrated category. Yeah, there's the argument that the Norris Boyle stand of points has never been clearer than Drew Doughty's candidacy in 2021. Um, especially, like, we... Andre Kopitar is the better player on that. Like, especially, like of the leftover core from their cup runs, it's, it's Andre Kopitar's season. Um, yeah. I'm also going to shout out a defenseman as overrated. Seth Jones played 60 minutes against Toronto, which is the probably the highest thing he'll ever, the best, the best thing he'll ever do in his career uh, in a loss, crucially in an overtime loss. And he has negative three expected goals for replacement this season, negative 4.7 real goals for replacement. Um, he drives possession worse than any, than the team itself does. Uh, On a bad Columbus team. Yeah. And he has a minus nine penalty differential. So that's, that's, so supposedly their best defenseman continually taking himself off the ice. Um, Sakurensky is easily better than him of that defensive pairing. Um, Seth Jones should not be on Team America. I'll say that uh, in the yeah. 2021 or the 2022 Olympics. And Connor Murphy has earned it more than he has. Uh, yeah, Seth Jones actively hurts the team uh, yeah. this season. Um, I, I don't really understand... Um, because Seth Jones wasn't even very good in that game that he played like 60 minutes. Like, yeah, no, uh, he kept the people kept going, Oh, look at him go. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> I see what's happening on the ice. He's so it's just like the press's fault. Do you think? Or yes. Yeah. It's, the, it's also the fact that he got nominated. He was a Norris finalist when he was young. Mm. And it's not like he hasn't been good. He was good to start and he just, for some reason has fallen off a cliff a little bit in the last, like, cause he didn't have a great season last year. And this season he's it's, it's a weird season for him. I get that all of Columbus is bad. And there's a possibility that if Seth Jones was moved to a different team in a, away from torch, like maybe something would click with him again, but right now it doesn't, it doesn't look great. And I agree if Seth Jones is brought to team America over Fox or, uh, McAvoy. Yeah, I think McAvoy is a lock. But yeah, I think Fox is one of the ones that will be like interesting because he's an up and comer. He's one of the best defensemen in the NHL period. Arguably and, the best defenseman in the NHL period. Yeah, I mean, he's he's having a great season with not a good Rangers team, a young Rangers team. Um, and there's still talk about well, will he actually go? Because it's oh, it's such a small sample, and it's like when it's that good a sample you should take him. And then like you have Pesci on um, the Canes who obviously Slavin's going to go, but for some reason people don't talk about Pesci and he's very good too. Yeah. Arguably better than Slavin too. Right. I was about to say, I, they go back and forth depending on the season. Like this season, I actually think Pesci's better last year was, it was Slavin. So bring them together. They played together. Might as well have that familiarity on the team. But if Seth Jones is brought up over any of those Fox, Slavin, Pesci, or uh, McAvoy, then that's just – and Warwinski. Those are the yeah. six I think they should take. And then they can bring, like, a legacy player or a Murphy type. So bring yeah, up or John Carlson. If you, yeah, if you yep. need to bring Carlson, sure. Maybe if you really want a little bit more offense, Quinn Hughes, but he's not having a good season either. Mm-hmm. Um, but Seth Jones should not be a lock and – it's discouraging to see him as like, as if he is like, like an automatic and that shouldn't be the case to me. Yeah. And also, (laughs) go ahead. 
I was saying it obviously Shepard too. We have the same opinion yeah. on Team America right now. <laughs> and uh, also in Columbus, Jonas Corposalo is a bad goaltender uh, who had a decent season with the 9-11 uh, save percentage last season. Still got beat by his part, uh, battery partner, uh, Elvis Merzlerkins. Merzlerkins is the gold, good goaltender in Columbus. Corposalo is like a career 895 goaltender who's back to that number this season. Okay. <laughs> Do we have any other uh, end of discussion additions for this? Uh, I guess I'll end this, this rambly way that I did before. Um, when we're over, saying overrated, we it's not necessarily that, like, I'm trying to explain this, right? We're not trying to say they're always bad players. They're just either being misused or something is happening right now that's not great. Some of them aren't good players, Drew Doughty, but um, – some of them might just need to be moved to another player or another team um, or in a different situation, or they're just declining because of age. So nobody should take this as like, we hate these players. Um, it's these players may not be as good as the media mostly portrays them. It's all about media perception, essentially. Well, thank you for will, that clarification. Yeah. <laughs> I, will say, I, I will say I have two Duncan Keith jerseys. I, is a far stretch for me to say I hate him. I, I exactly. want him to be. I want him to be good, but again, him being good probably as a fourth defenseman playing nineteen thirty. Yeah, a game. I I no. felt the same way about Seabrook. Like I sit there and say, people will defend these players to their dying breath. Like I will die on the hill that I that Seabrook was a great defenseman. Right? People were hating on him and saying his whole career was a wash. And I'm like, you cannot judge him based on these last few seasons where obviously injuries, you know, just completely ruined like the end, the tail end of his, his career. Um, we love them. And that's part of why we're like, please use Duncan Keith correctly since he's still on the team so that we don't have to take these hot takes that are like, well, Duncan <laughs> Keith could be playing better. You know, that kind of stuff. We want to enjoy the tail end of Duncan Keith's career without this mismanagement essentially. Right. So we can end on hugs all around, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and I'm going to end by saying, let's go Hawks. <laughs> yes, let's go Hawks. <laughs>